Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! You know, look, I keep saying that, and, and it's like it's like a great part of this show, right? The, getting to to say that and celebrate our good friends at Budget Blinds, the uh, the bringers of enlightened style shades. All halos, Robert Shade Overlords. I'm just excited to do that, and I am so glad that they have stuck with us and have been with us through the whole, basically the whole time we've been doing this podcast, and that we get to do that as a piece. Honestly, they have been supporters of this project of ours from the very beginning. And is, and we will touch in on how good a supporter they are of other things in the community uh, in addition to just this podcast, which is an important part of the community support, by the way, future advertisers. But, you know, we, we as a thing, they've been great. But really... The reason they do that is so that they can bring the finest in shade technology and the latest in styles to you with these enlightened style shades. And if you are ready to add those to your home, just go see our friends right in the heart of of Lee Summit. Our friends at Budget Blinds. Tell them Jason Nick sent you. Jason, we have another awesome sponsor. We We are doubly blessed. A local sponsor that's also doing good in the community it's ask kathy keller williams realty that's right they are uh, they are a a lovely group of folks at downtown lee summit they have had a a i think some growth and they are trying to make a little bit more and they they want to get to where they want to be in honor of their 20th anniversary which is coming up next year in 2022 just weeks away just weeks away and and they are there they have a gob of five star reviews on our various google and facebook 400 plus of those they have helped over the years 2300 families find either sell or buy or both a new home and 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 not only that jason but they're good at the job you can look at those numbers but also get this in 2021 they have sold homes for a hundred for four percent of asking price and they do it fast an average of five days right look i can't say my own name in less than five days honestly i can't make a decision about like dinner in less than five days. In less than five days. <laughs> but they are selling your home in under five days which is frightening to me i'm like i'm not in the market to sell my home because i like being married and stuff, but uh, is as a whole, is that where case I would feel completely overwhelmed if like I put my home on the list, uh, listed it, and then like with less than a week, yeah, had a contract done with it. I would be, I would be almost paralyzed with that. But I'm certain. Well, that's just your own personal fear. But right. if you actually want to do it, and you're it's working, a good feeling. And if you're working with Ask Kathy, they're going to help you. They're going to, they're going to, they would hold my hand and walk me through that, and probably help me manage my. Extremely irrational and oddball fears of having a successful home sale. Right. Yeah, look, look, if you're not Jason and you're not scared of success and you're ready to sell your home, go call our friends at Ask Kathy Keller Williams Realty. They are good, good folk doing good, good work right in our hometown. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who just forced me to get more coffee. It is Nick Parker, the I'm publisher bad, of Lee Summit. Bad man. I, I came in, and my morning routine involves a, a fair volume of coffee just to get out of the house or to get off, like out and start my day. And I got here to the podcast studio, and my good friend Nick Parker looks at me and he says, I need coffee. 
Well, look. And who am I to say no to that? It's a simple thing. One, I started my morning with coffee at the house too, but it was I went iced coffee at the house this morning, mm-hmm. and then I walked up to the studio. Oh, you got cold, and it was a little chilly out, and we were out of we were out of hot, hot coffee here in in the lovely Bridge Space building, and not that they were out, they just you know it wasn't were, ready they, yet. They were making new ones, and I didn't want to wait, so we walked across the street. We uh, we took advantage of one of our wonderful local business owners. And had a nice hot cup of coffee. Hashtag support local business. So anyway, publisher of Link to Lee Summit, who is the source for all the news you need about our very fine city and our unofficial sponsor today is nothing. I have nothing. It's the holiday season. My brain is addled. I've like finished the last major event for I got work. It. Go for it. I got it. Our unofficial sponsor today, people doing good. People doing good. That people is like, doing good. That's like our unofficial sponsor forever. Well, look, it's it's really that and tacos. It's, it's really there are two things we want. We want people to be involved and do good in the community, and we want more tacos in our life. Yeah, and you know what? I feel like Jason. We see a lot of both of those. Things. There's our there's our niche business for the future is charity tacos. <laughs> charity tacos. <laughs> look, you alluded to this earlier, but our our good friends, Jason. Over, over at Budget Blinds. We work with them. This was our fourth year, I believe, to work with them for our Storytime with Santa event where Santa comes out. He reads some of his favorite holiday stories. We did it in, we did it in a real live space this year we again. Did it. We were back in a real live space. Um, and people can come out and get pictures with Santa. And look, let's, let's be clear. There aren't a lot of opportunities right now for photos with Santa, especially free photos with Santa. Absolutely. But we were back at the home of Budget Blinds for it this year and more than 25 families showed up, and, and here's here's the awesome thing. We encourage people to bring some donations. More than $1,000 in cash, gift cards, and food donations were brought in by those 25 or so families for Lee Summit Social Services. So I want to just say it one more time. A good on you to the people of our community. Yay, yo. And, you know, good good on Santa for being, you know, jolly and, and all the things. Santa's awesome. Reading us some stories. And doing the thing. Look, we were gonna we were gonna have some video of Santa reading this story, but um, our our videographer slash my son uh, had a little some little problems. Yeah, some tech issues. Well, apparently, we haven't talked about it yet, but we had some problems with the files. Oh well, you need it. You're gonna need it. you're gonna need to cut his. You're gonna have to cut his. Pay. I'm gonna have to cut it. I'm gonna have to cut his pay. Hey, speaking of fundraising for the Summit Social Services, there's another one coming up. The our local firefighters, part of the IAF. I. AFF 2195, their local union, their boot block is back. They didn't do it last year, at least not in person. As we know, COVID kind of ruined everything. But they're going to be back this year in downtown Lee Summit from the 16th through the 18th for their boot block. They raise cash, and they make a very significant and needed donation to Lee Summit Social Services every year. So if you want to go through and help our friends at, at the Firefighters Union, in their their effort to to support families in our community, this is a great thing. Remember, for you to do. we're not we're not supporting he who shall not be named <laughs> on the podcast. We are supporting the families that that money is going to go to and give direct assistance to. That's who we're supporting. So get out there, help the firefighters, help other families in Lee Summit. They do a lot of helping for families in Lee Summit anyway. I mean, like just showing up and putting out fires and and you know getting medical cats, calls, getting cats out of trees, and all the things that firefighters do. But, I mean, so they do a lot of that to begin with, and then they go above and beyond and do this charitable work from, from the union end of things, and so good on them, um, even though they are, they are uh, once again, giving more air to he who shall not be named. <laughs> hey, but, uh, look, I like talking about 
people doing good things for others in our community. So this is this this is this is always awesome. And and look, the great thing about local charities, Jason, is we know what your donations are doing, right? We can see that it's helping people right here. And that's just that's just a really good feeling. Yeah. Know that you're helping out your neighbors. Absolutely. Jason, I'm gonna move on a little bit. To like the opposite of charity. The opposite <laughs> side of things, but it makes you giggle. And so it makes me happy. It's silly season. You do weird things on the air when we bring this up. But yesterday, Tuesday, happy filing day. Happy filing. It is it is officially silly season. There we go. Well, look, we're not going to dig too much into things because, look, there'll be time after our holiday season to start talking to candidates, to start asking questions about the issues. And really for us, Jason, we want to collect issues from our listeners and from the readers of LinkedIn, some of the people that are going to vote we want to know from you guys, you know, what are the issues that our candidates for city council, for mayor, for the Board of Education, the Lee Summit R7 School District, what are the issues that they need to be talking about, right? Mm-hmm. What are those questions that we need to make sure they answer? We want to hear from them. You need to hear from them so that you can make your best choice. And here's the thing, Jason, you and I, every year, one of the things we harp on is that we don't want uncontested races, right? Correct. Look, we've had one day of filing. We got a lot of names out there. So I want to I want to start off with Jason. Let's start on the city side. One of the things that's going to be up for is the is the mayor's seat. Current mayor Bill Baird has filed to run for re-election and running to oppose him is going to be current city council member Diane Forte. Both of them filed yesterday. So that's going to be one contested race. And again, we're gonna want we're gonna want to hear from you guys because we will be asking them questions. We'll be asking them to talk about some of the issues currently faced by the city and some of the stuff that we think is going to come up. And then let's look at the city council side because there is going to be a seat in all four districts open. We don't have contested yet, but I think I, I think we will. Right now, just one has filed for district one. That's Kirk Sonishin in district two. Just Storm Dylan Scheider in district three. Current council member Beto Lopez has filed to run for re-election. And also filing for District 3 is Ted Deal. And in District 4, we've got another incumbent running for re-election. That's current council member Bob Johnson. And then a newcomer, Faith Hodges, has filed for District 4. Right. And we do have an uncontested race for judge, or at least so far. We have only one filing, and that is current judge Dana Altieri, uh, who is running for re-election. So, look. Jason, when you, when, you, when you look at this, and, I, and I don't, again, I don't want to dig too much into things, but is there anything about what we've seen in the filing that kind of gets your brain thinking. Yeah, I think there's one really big uh, thing that's new to Lee Summit. I will say that. So um, as you and I have discussed over the years, that, and, and I think most people understand, uh, city council, city level races, and the school board as well, are traditionally, uh, they're, they're not a partisan election. So we don't have party primaries to deliver candidates. Which is why I like election. local stuff better. <clears throat> right. So it's a, it's a nonpartisan election. However, this year, um, the Lee Summit Republicans, as an org, as a group, the, the local group of Republicans, have put forth, um, published a slate of endorsed candidates uh, for that. They did this before filing even started. So this was running around, which was a little bit odd, right? Running around last week as well, and then, um, and, and then on top of that, um, you know, as you as you pay attention, four of the candidates, one for each district and mayor. Um, for the city at the city council level, um, so that total of five candidates. But the four city council filers um, that are endorsed by the Lee Summer Republicans 
uh, are all posed together for pictures and some things. So there's so there's clearly a level of uh, I'll call it party coordination that is already afoot is such a nefarious sounding term, but uh, that's already out there that we're we're seeing. And it'll be interesting to watch how that affects the race going forward. Is that is that going to be a good impact, a bad impact? How do people? We don't know how like. The people of Lee Summit feel. Yeah, what do you what do you about think about that? About to, it, there are going to be those I'm assuming who will think, well, you know, I tend to vote Republican anyway, or I tend to not vote Republican, and so I can just use that as a metaphor to vote yes or no for all of those candidates or any of those candidates that we would be voting for. And there are going to be people who probably have feelings one direction or another about the appropriateness of a partisan entity entering into nonpartisan elections. Right, and I think you know this. This goes along with another thing that we've noticed over the course of the last, Jason, what four or six local elections, and really since since you and I started this this podcast back in 2016, is there are more organized efforts to to influence, to push influence on, on these elections. We've seen a lot of money come on. This is really the first time that we've seen, I think. Especially this early, a concerted effort from from one of the from one of the major political parties, right? Right, right. But we've seen a lot of money. I mean, the, the money being spent locally has really, really increased because of the activity of these groups. So, you know, I, I I'm curious what voters think. Is this is this kind of involvement and this kind of push of organized money good for us locally? And what and 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 what do you what do you want to see from them? And I I think my fear. I'm going to show you tell you I have a little bit of a fear when it comes to to the political parties getting involved because i don't want to get bogged down in conversations about issues that really aren't local that right. they don't it, that they don't really fit for what we're talking about locally the reason i always i always have our show talk about the the hyper local issues is because we're talking about things in our backyard and that the the right people for the job to be elected right could sit on either side of that political aisle, and it doesn't matter because they're they're talking about issues that involve us, our neighbors, our families, right? right? All these people locally, and so I'm hoping that we don't get bogged down in conversations about things that really don't matter. And we are gonna, and I think I'm gonna say our commitment to that is to help people sort of determine what issues matter, like what issues are affected in terms, or or even better, what issues a city council can actually impact. Like on a day-to-day basis, what are the issues that like a city council does? What does a city do with their budget and their – and in the end, this is the question, right? What is the city going to do with the money that it gets to provide services to its people? That's like in the end, that's the sort of the core nature of the city. And there is no – there's almost no capacity for a city to downwardly delegate or upwardly right. delegate, right? They're, they're stuck in their spot and they've got it. They're the boots on the ground. And, and so the question – we are going to focus our efforts – on making sure that the questions that we focus on are that. And we when people ask, you know, start raising issues that perhaps are questionably related to the functions of a city government, we're going to we're going to ask them to uh, to to f- explain how it relates. Right. Right. I think we just we'll just make sure that our 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 conversations always always focus at the at the hyper level hyper hyper local level. I had trouble talking there. No, yeah, that's not the first time. <laughs> So anyway, so that that is the that is the sort of the story the 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 I don't want to call it meta story, but that higher slightly higher level story about who the filings are, and that doesn't tell us anything about the candidates individually at this point, but just that that is a that is a 
not only a new group in attempting to have influence over the city council elections, but a very different in kind group, right? Because like we have like the unions and another group that is, you know, we've had our in our past, we've had some local PACs that that have attempted to have influence, but they don't carry with them an, an explicit partisan thing. And that partisan spin is something that is new to our city council elections. And we're going to see how that impacts it. Right. So let us let us know what what you all are thinking. Let us know what you think about about issues that city council candidates, mayoral candidates need to be addressing. And let us know what you think about this relatively new partisan involvement in our local government. Jason, let's let's switch gears a little bit and let's let's move over to the school district side running for the Board of Education for the Lee Summit R7 School District. We have a slew of candidates, only one of the two incumbents has filed so far. We haven't not heard from current board member uh, Judy, Judy, Hen- Judy, Judy Hedrick. Hedrick. Uh, now, look, we've heard around that that she may not be looking to run, but nothing official has has been has been said. Jason, why don't you run through the list of names of current filing? Sure, and I apologize in advance for mispronouncing any of these names, and I will give an apology for whatever Nick mispronounced in his prior one as well, because <laughs> we haven't heard many of these names yet out loud, so we don't know how they're all pronounced. So we're giving a guess, and if you are the candidate. Uh, and you want to uh, send us a, an audio file of how to pronounce the name or some sort of a phonetic way to do it, let us know, and we will be sure to get it right. So I'm just putting that out there in advance. Um, there, let's say Larry Anderson, and Gaines, uh, Gaines, one of the two, Melissa Foxhaven, Mike Allen, who is our, the sole incumbent who has refi- filed for re-election at this point, Joseph Yasaginski, uh, Heather Eslick, and Jennifer Foley. Um, these are, um, we have those groups. We don't know a lot about any of them at this point, other than, uh, than current board member, Alan, who we've obviously had worked, you know, we've seen what he's been on to on the count. So we'll get a lot of more information, but we want to know from you guys, what are the issues that you think are of import for the R7 school board? Not only like, you know, how they've been doing on things that are, but what are the upcoming issues that you want to hear about and are of import to you so that we can make sure that we ask those questions. Once again, the important local hyper local questions that we want to get to for the things that are going on here. right as we as we as we look ahead to the next year work from from the school district from this board of education what what issues do you think they're going to need to tackle or what things do you think maybe they ought to steer our district in a different direction let us know those things we're going to start digging in jason as soon as the holidays are over we will dig in on all of these uh, we will be sending out our questionnaires that are published Every year on linktoleesummit.com so that we'll hear from from the the candidates where you know their reasons for running, kind of why they why they're wanting to get involved and where they stand on some of the issues. And then we will, as we do every time, we will reach out to all of those candidates to try to schedule interviews with each of them because you as a voter need to hear from all these candidates so you can make your best decision. Absolutely. All right. So as as it always works on this podcast, we either have like nothing to talk about or like too much stuff to talk about all at one time. And this is a too much week. There are some things that happened at the city council um, that I thought were, we thought were of worth bringing forth to, uh, to have conversation about, or at least let people know that these things are happening. The first is um, some changes or at least proposed beginnings of proposed changes to mayoral appointed commissions. Uh, there are lots and lots of commissions out there that have mayoral appointments. And there was a presentation uh, at city council on Tuesday night um, to sort of put forth the first step about 
essentially consolidating a lot of those into uh, a fewer number of commissions. Right. And I think the, the big one that they talked about, and um, in, they're calling it the cultural commission. And it really is, is kind of combining the efforts of what is now currently the, the Summit Arts Council, which, which I used to be on. Until, until recently, um, the Historic Preservation Commission and the Beautification Commission into one thing. And if you think about it, you can see where some of those overlap. Now, it's a little weird, Jason, because the Historic Preservation actually does have some state-mandated duties when it comes to, to um, tax credits for historic preservation and things like that. So they're going to have to work through some of that. But, but we'll use that as, as the example of there are there are many, I want to say there's about actually 20 different commissions and committees that the mayor can appoint people to right now. They're looking to make that a little bit more manageable. And in the presentation that city manager Steve Arbo and the Cultural City's cultural arts manager, Glenda Masters, what they talked about really was was trying to focus these more on becoming better advisory commissions so that they could make recommendations to city staff and to the city council so that when it came to policy changes on these things, they could really have a better feel for, for what's happening in those areas of interest. Right. And and so they're there. Now, to keep in mind, there are some uh, boards or commissions that are uh, demanded by state statute. Uh, for, for instance, like the Planning Commission, Board of Zoning Adjustments, the TIF Commission, Housing Authority, things of that nature have some statutory things that come down from the state level that they're created and they have to exist. They cannot be combined under a thing. There are some other boards that the local ordinances have created, uh, Board of Aeronautics Commissioners, for instance, uh, Public Safety Advisory Board, some of those sorts of things are created by local. And then so those aren't the ones that are really getting changed because those require a change in the law, for lack of a better right. way to describe it, uh, but some of these, like the arts, uh, arts, or the cultural commission, commission is what they're calling it. But they're also talking about like health and wellness. So some of those other things, potentially combining those under thing to to spin that out. It's hard, and I will say this for you know to give to give a break to the mayor and and you know Bill, you deserve this one. It's hard to get a enough people who are engaged and wanting to do the work on all of these commissions appointed. It's hard to find them. It's difficult to get them all appointed. It's hard to get them to show up, right? And not all of these things have stuff to do. Like one of the, uh, I think, believe it was Council Member Forte said that she's liaison to one of the commissions that has never met in her time as the liaison because the there isn't anything to talk about. Well, that's one that maybe would be best to be under more of an umbrella and they can deal with those issues as they arise. And on, on the flip side of things, each of those commissions has a liaison, right? Someone from city council, including the mayor, it serves as a liaison. And because of their schedules, there's so many that they even the liaisons can't attend all of them. Right. Right. And so I think what this does is, it, it, is they are looking at a better way to make these manageable but also to make sure that they have engaged and involved citizens on these commissions that are providing the right advisory services back to staff and council and mayor. Right. And and I want to I want to say for a moment. This is not an easy thing to do. It's I think it's a simple enough thing to draw up on paper, but the actual human I won't call it toll, but the human process of getting this done. We have this we are prone to want to keep things sort of as they are and people who have what they would consider a position of import in right. the community are are loath to give it up 
without like wanting to on their own merits. Like you and I have both stepped off of these sorts of things in the last couple of years and, and gone through that, that process as well. That was fine because we chose to do it. It wasn't a, we are, we are, we are eliminating your position. You know, that's, that's not something you want to hear. So there's going to be a lot of like necessary work on an individual level with people to help them like understand what's trying to accomplish and then find the best role within that or outside of that potentially for people going forward. So that they, those who are excited to do the work of, you know, planting planters or doing like beautification commission are still involved in the work that's being done. Um, whether or not they are on this new meta committee or medica meta commission, uh, that will, have that sort of work you know those are the kinds of things that are out there and, and it's a difficult and so it's a difficult task it's going to be potentially maybe steve arbo's last heavy lift is right. how to make that work so good job steve setting up work for yourself well and, and, and as he said this is really this is still in early stages and and at the end it's going to be up to the mayor and the council to to make the decisions right. on how these are structured and, and what gets combined with what and how they you know how many how many members are there going to be on each commission? How you know, and what are, what are they going to do? So we're still a ways away, but I, I thought it was it was interesting to note because these commissions do touch areas all over our community. And Jason, you and I, having served on some of them in the past, you know, there really is some impact on the community and the events and the things that happen in the community. So it's a good thing to note. Jason, there's a couple other things we probably uh, need to talk to. The first one I want to, I want to talk about, I'm, I'm actually going to skip over something in our, in our notes. Um, there was a, an update from Steve Arbo on a conversation. This is something you and I talked about about two or three episodes ago that the city council said they wanted to look at the health department. They wanted to look at what the county does and maybe what the city could do to maybe get out from underneath the umbrella of Jackson County and do things on their own. That conversation kind of disappeared for a while. You and I made note of it on a show. Council member Trish Carlisle did respond after that, telling us that they're still waiting to hear back. So they heard back. We had an update right. from from City Manager Steve Arbo so they, on Tuesday. They got a report uh, from Baker Tilly Municipal Advisors. They commissioned some stuff to do a comparative analysis of like – our size city to other size, similarly sized or situated cities that have uh, health departments and what those costs were. And then they communicated with uh, the city of Independence to figure out what their process was. And, and I'm going to say the news is for those of you who are very strongly in favor of taking our tax dollars out from under the yoke of this county and moving it into our own health department, you're going to be sadly disappointed here. Um, essentially, two things I think were one. One is that the costs they found that to give a comparative level of service in sort of a mid-tier range, it's going to be like three to six million dollars a year for the, and maybe even more depending on how you're doing it, in our in our community to do all those health services. The thing they found out by talking to the city of Independence or through the city of Independence in the state is that the way things are structured, basically, it's kind of an all-or-nothing thing. So you either need to be a health department or not, like kind of as a global scope. Right. And you're not going to get any money back from the county. So right. in order so the, to do the that- The tax money that currently goes to the county- It's still going to go to the county. It's not going to be surrendered by the county and sent back here. Right. That's not how that system's going to work. So in order to do that, in order to have our own independent health department, and whatever scale the city would choose to do it is going to have to require new revenue or redistributed revenue to accomplish. So it's it's not something that we can do on a 
you know, we're not saving tax money or redirecting tax money. It would be new tax money, essentially, to provide this new service. So, I don't think that is a. I don't think that leaves a lot of uh, enthusiasm for doing the trick because I know the city has been concerned about making sure that the budgets match, especially through COVID and what have you. And that's a that's a you know, finding that revenue is going to be a challenge as we right. Go. There was. I think it's important to note there was no action taken. This was just a presentation. Right on Tuesday night, no action was taken. So we'll still be watching. Uh, city Council for further discussion on this topic. We'll see what they do, but I, I I think you're probably right in reading in reading the response there, reading the reactions that this probably is is not going right. to be the, going anywhere simply because simply because of cost. Right. Simply to, the, if you start with the all right, give me find me five additional million dollars <laughs> right. in, a, in a community that is not in love with tax increases is going to be a challenge right. under the best of circumstances. And so that that that's probably the most important piece of information to take from all of that. I want to I want to finish our show, finish the episode on exciting topic. Everybody wants to talk about this one, Jason. Okay. okay. I can't wait for you to describe this to, to the listener. Let's talk about traffic and changes to our highways. Oh, boy. Yeah, you really sold it. That's, <laughs> nothing gets the people find up about like traffic and, hey, and if, highway interchange If you love the roundabout at 50 in Jefferson, you're going to love the next couple minutes. Uh, well, you know, actually, you might like this better than the roundabout, the uh, diverge about at 50 and, and, and Jefferson. And Look, here's anytime why. we can use the word diverge about, diverge about we're going to get, we're, we're, gonna use we're jamming that into the episode if need be. All right. So essentially, we, we mentioned this, and it's, God, it's been probably close to a year since the last time we talked about this, is there are plans afoot to do a redevelopment or a redoing of the interchange, the North 291 50 Highway Interchange, where the uh, where Lee Summit High School, the Missouri uh, the Missouri Highway Patrol, the Quick Trip, the Perkins, all those things are all in that. And I, I, I did want to mention Perkins just directly as best I could, but all of those things exist. High and the giant flag. Right. In there, so there there is a plan for redevelopment. Um, it was brought up in that a year ago that there there was gonna they're doing some land swap purchase acquisition right away something 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 with the Missouri Department of Transportation to move the highway patrol from where they are to a different location here in the summit um, to move that headquarters to a different building and and allow essentially a better set of roads to come in to handle the uh, the interchange as is and everybody knows those are it's it's a very congested interchange with both of the frontage roads and the entrance ramp right there like they're on top of one another and it gets pretty especially like at 2 30 or 3 o'clock when especially the high school when you, lets when you out. throw in the high school traffic right so short version here is no, the plan proper hasn't really changed that much since they first proposed it i think the the sh- the rough shape of where the roads are going and what have you are the same. What they brought this time is they've reached some cost sharing and land transfer acquisition uh, agreements with the R7 school district and the Missouri Department of Transportation um, to get the lands appropriated. And and so the I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight the key pieces of this. One is the as planned the current highway patrol headquarter building that they have is going away. Uh, it'll be a highway or an entrance ramp and an exit ramp from the highway um, and part of Blue Parkway and all of that stuff that goes along with that. That's going away. They're going to take a little piece of one of the corner of the parking lot at R7 in exchange for helping them expand their, what they call their east parking lot and 
give them some additional parking on a, I'm assuming a city owned lot on Douglas um, that they can use for to up their parking quantities in that process. So there's some land swapping happening there. There's some financing agreements on like how much each person's going to pay for their share, like Missouri Department of Transportation is going to pay for a share of the of the improvements and the city of Lee Summit's going to pay for a share of the improvements. Two, I think the two key things is one, you're looking at 2023, 2024 before there's any construction. So there's a lot of paperwork left to do. Um, there's some TIF districts. And here's the most important thing for all of us because as somebody once said, I hope someone loves you in life as much as Missourians love Quick Trip. The Quick Trip that exists there is going to be torn down and rebuilt um, in a near similar similar basic location there in the highway, um, basically tucked in between the frontage road and the highway as opposed to on the other side of the frontage road and the highway. Um, but that's all. Give me the fancy new Quick Trip. That's all this comes they're down They're going to get a new fancy Quick Trip. It will exist. It'll be, and they are part, they're like the named new part of the a name what a named private developer part of this plan there are others that are currently listed like as developer number one who either means they're identified and don't want to be known or they're not known yet um, and and going through those processes so there's a multi-piece there's a multi-part part to all of this and and moving around but most important we're going to lose our quick trip for a little while but we're going to get it back and it's going to be a new big fancy quick trip that that we're all excited to have there we go so traffic will be better and we get a bigger and better f- quick trip. I mean, what else do you want as a PAX that, that, Summit? That's all we need to know. And what better way for us to close out today today's episode? We've had some good onions for people doing good in the community. We raised some money for people in our community. Filing season started. We, we've made our first appeal. We're going to keep making more. Let us know your issues, your thoughts on the upcoming election, what people need to be talking about. And we've updated on some important projects. Jason? It's going to wrap us up for this week. It's like a full episode of our podcast. Full, rich day. We will talk to everybody next time.